You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, and welcome to the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life. Hi, I'm Sarah. Sarah Box, coaching and consulting. I'm your host on this podcast, and I am the chief vision Sherpa and guide at Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting, where I provide one-on-one coaching services for high-achieving, motivated professionals wanting to grow personally and professionally. We kind of like to say over at our side of the team that we help people with big dreams and busy schedules focus on the essential and eliminate the unnecessary all so they can experience success as they define it. As a former nonprofit executive and former partner in a consulting firm, I bring more than 35 years of professional and volunteer experience to my work with individuals and organizations, and I know something about being busy and focusing on the wrong things at the wrong time and getting over challenges to get where I really wanted to go. And I believe, without a doubt, that we are each capable of more than we imagine, and I am committed to growing and living with a no labels, no limits, and definitely no excuses life. So I'm here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right mindset, support, and strategy. And we're going to learn something about life-changing events today as we talk about our new guest for today's show, Judy Miller. Now, let me ask you a question. Before I introduce you and and have Judy come live on this, have you ever experienced the feeling that an intelligence greater than yourself is guiding you forward to your destiny and fate? Have you ever had that feeling? Or do you ever wonder what synchronicities that fall into place, like the pieces of the puzzle, what they all mean? Well, Judy's going to talk to us a bit about that. And if we slow down enough to watch in our life, we can notice those things. So let me, before I bring her on, let's talk about Judy, because when I say that's exactly what happened to Judy, it was one good Friday, sitting in church with her family and a choir singing an otherwise normal good Friday, that is from one moment to the next, she was overcome by an experience that she's going to talk about. But at that moment, it changed her entire life and the course of her life. But that's... um just where the story begins. Actually, it began before that, and it's not where her story ends. Judy was a successful CPA and corporate finance executive who, unknown to her co-workers, was actually living in terror of the night and possibly of sexual assault. And she was happily married with kids. Her fears made a modern-day nightmare for her, but worse, she had no idea of why. 
it, there was no context, no reason for it, nothing prompting it. And there was nothing in her personal background that would warrant this kind of near constant state of fear. And then again, that's when she had her Good Friday experience. So, and that had been orchestrated by unseen hands. So in this episode, you're going to hear more about Judy's journey, specifically how she erased her inexplicable fears, how her experiences guided her to her purpose in life, healed three generations of people and souls, taught her new insights about love and forgiveness, and inspired her to write a book. We're also going to talk about how she went from corporate finance world to dedicate her life to personal development and helping others. Think of the transition between those two things, corporate finance, personal development. They're not opposed to one another, but you don't always think about blending them together. We're going to um, learn how she recognized life as a huge interconnected puzzle, began to see and let go of her stories, labels, and judgments, and started to live with a more passionate-filled life and a greater sense of clarity, joy, and happiness. So with that introduction, let's welcome Judy. Hi, Judy. Oh, it's great to be here, Sarah. Thank you. Well, it's fun to have you here. Um, and I know because you have a new book that you're just releasing, I want to spend a fair amount of time talking about that. And I'm this whole concept of um, promoting books is a lot of work. And I want to ask you, before we get into any of this, two things. What has your journey on the podcast, let's call it road show, been like for you? It's been something brand new, but exciting. It's been really great to actually share the story and see the connection with people. So it's good. been really good. Good. I'm hoping that we can get your story out to a lot more people um, so that they can hear it and learn from it and then really ultimately get the book. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm curious, you talk about what this journey has taught you about forgiveness. And we hear that word a lot when it comes to healing. What do you mean by that? You know, that's a great Great question. There are so many different definitions of forgiveness, but for me, forgiveness is really simple. It means to forego or to let go of. So we're each going to have painful and unwanted events that happen to us in our lives. We could either experience that event once, or we could literally play it over and over again, hundreds, maybe even thousands of times until it becomes stuck. It becomes our identities. So for me, forgiveness is really just letting go of those contracted stories so we can move forward in our lives and experience true and ultimate freedom and happiness. So Sarah, I think forgiveness really is a gift that we give ourselves. It's an act of self-love. And I've heard people say that before, but I like how you talked about it. We can let go of the stories that we've been telling ourselves. So absolutely. Will you start, give us some background on how you even got here and what led up to your Good Friday experience? Sure. So I'd love to start with just three questions for you and your listeners. Don't have to answer them if you don't want to, but have you ever felt different like you didn't belong? I definitely have. <laughs> or maybe you felt incomplete, always searching for someone or maybe something to make you feel whole. Still do. Okay. And maybe you felt like me. Maybe you felt unworthy, always having to prove yourself over and over again. Yep. I would say that constant striving, not necessarily even for approval, but to make sure I got it right, right? What it is, is mm -hmm. work hard, hard, hard. Um, totally can relate to that, Judy. 
Wow. So the reason I ask you this question and, and, and your listeners these questions is because these feelings have literally plagued me for most of my life. So as you mentioned, I started my career as a CPA and then went on to work in the healthcare industry. And in the course of this journey, I learned to let go of those feelings and those stories that no longer served me and to really experience true ultimate freedom and happiness. And my wish has really been to share it with other people. So I would love to kind of give you an overview of the actual story and the journey. Let's do it. Okay. So like most people, as a child, I had fears. One of them was the fear of drowning. The other one was the fear of the dark. And I was terrified of the dark. Um, Some people ask me what it feels like. It feels like if somebody jumped out in front of you unexpectedly and your heart starts to race and your palms begin to sweat and maybe you can't even breathe and your senses are on full alert. And I think for many people, those sensations maybe last a few seconds. But for some people like myself, it could literally last much longer. So as a child, I could sense and feel different spirits around me at night. And I didn't know if they were there to help me or to harm me. I literally would crawl into bed every night, pull the covers over my head and recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until exhausted, I would fall asleep. And this was my ritual night after night. I grew up started my career as a CPA, met my husband at work, and we got married. And in the exhaustion of raising two children, commuting three hours a day to work, and working 40 to 50 hours a week, everything stopped. The fear, the terror, feeling those subtle energies, everything stopped. But then my kids grew up and went off to college, and the house became silent. And I don't know if you or your listeners can relate to this, but the house became silent in their absence. And in that silence, everything returned. Energies, the fear, the terror. People ask me what it feels like. It feels like if someone was standing behind me or beside me, if there were eyes staring at me from across the room. And I must have looked comical to my neighbors because literally I would tiptoe around my house afraid of what I might encounter. And I didn't know where these fears were coming from. I would literally wake up at night terrified. Um, I would wake wake up my husband and soon both of us, we began to both lose sleep. And around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month. And I went to see my doctor and she recommended that I had a hysterectomy. And I was actually terrified of the surgery and I couldn't understand why. So after becoming a CPA, I went into finance and worked in the healthcare industry for over 20 years. And I trusted modern medicine implicitly, but it felt like the same terror that I felt at night. It felt like the same terror that returned to me as an adult. So a good friend of mine recommended a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. And Barbara was a former NASA physicist, and she actually studied the human energy field. And what she learned, she was actually able to heal people with her hands. And I had never heard something like this. Remember, I had come from a very traditional background. I'd come from the healthcare industry. Um, So days before my surgery, I literally found myself Googling on the internet, healers near me. And as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, I literally heard the click of a lock like my entire life was locking into place. And I didn't know the role that that healer would actually play on my family's journey. So my healer helped me heal after my hysterectomy. And then in the following months, we started to explore this unexplainable terror of the dark. So we looked at my childhood experiences. Was there anything from my childhood that could have triggered this fear, but nothing came to light? Then we started to actually explore um, past lives. And past lives was 
something I had actually never heard of. She introduced me to the amazing work of Dr. Brian Weiss. Dr. Brian Weiss is a uh, was a very prominent psychiatrist. He studied at Columbia and Yale. He was very reputable. And he had a patient named Catherine who had these unexplainable fears, similar to I did. And he was actually able to help her cure from this fear by going through these series of hypnosis and past lives where she uncovered where these fears came from. So I went to my very first seminar with Dr. Weiss and there were literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of people in the audience. And he said over 50% of the people would actually have a past life experience. And I was sure, I was positive. I was going to have one. I was open. I was receptive. I fell asleep and slept through the entire thing. So that was my first experience <laughs> with past lives. But my story doesn't end there. So we also, with my healer, we started to explore my parents, right? Our parents have such an influence on our lives and that we know from our DNA that we can inherit so many physical characteristics from our parents, the color of our hair, the color of our eyes. Um, but then we also started to talk about the science of epigenetics. And the science of epigenetics shows that we could actually inherit the pain and the trauma from our parents. They've shown with Holocaust survivors that their children and their grandchildren actually inherit some of the pain and the trauma that their parents could have experienced. They've actually done research with mice that actually proves this. And I was really fascinated with this. What we actually learned and uncovered on this journey was that that pain and that terror that I felt every night actually wasn't my own. It was actually a cellular memory from my mother. Um, they say every baby, every infant female baby is born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs. And they probably don't produce more over their lifetime. So on a cellular level, when your mother was a child, you were there in her body and you probably experienced a lot of the trauma and the pain your mother went through on a cellular level. So that pain and that trauma was from my mother. But Sarah, my story doesn't end there. There's actually a shocking past life connection to that very healer in this current lifetime that I trusted to heal me. And so this is the energetic healer that you found right before your surgery. Same person, right? Same exact person. Okay. So, Just checking. So she actually in a previous lifetime was the very person that inflicted the pain and the terror and the horror on my mother and my family. And Sarah, in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear, betrayal, or anger, but I didn't. All I felt was the immense perfection and love of the universe. And I saw how all of our souls are interconnected across lifetimes, how we're unconditionally loved and accepted, and how we can truly heal in this lifetime or in any other. So on this journey, and what I describe in my book, Perfect, is how to let go of those stories and those labels and those judgments that no longer serve us. And the reason I say that is because in that moment of revelation, as I mentioned, I could have felt fear, anger, or betrayal. I could have created a story that would haunt me for the rest of my life, but I chose not to. Instead, I saw the miracle in the situation. So I'm curious because I know this is about your journey, but I can't imagine I'm putting myself in your healer's place and had she known that prior to you doing this work? Did she have any inkling about your connection? No, she absolutely didn't until, I, until this came to light. And, and so it, what happened between the two of you? Because that is a relationship. It, not, it doesn't necessarily, it's not negative, but it definitely shifts. It just shifts things. 
Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. So I actually worked with my healer for nine months. And this revelation and this connection to my family actually came towards the end of our relationship. You know, I think the universe always gives us lessons, but when we're ready for them. I think if I had, if we had gone through this the very beginning of our relationship, I would not have been ready. I would not have been able to see the miracle in the situation. So in effect, the universe and this healing process was preparing me. Wow. That's pretty profound. So then how does that tie as your story goes forward to the work or, or going back to your whole Good Friday experience? How does this, in terms of a timeline progression, where is it in that? And then how do they connect? So the Good Friday actually happened shortly before meeting my healer. I was literally sitting in church, minding my own business, waiting for mass to start with the music playing. And as I sat there, I was overcome with this overwhelming sense of love. Literally, love was just pouring through me. And, and I can't even describe it. It was any sense of love that you've ever felt multiplied a million times. And it just overflowed into a feeling and a sense of just crying because I couldn't contain it. And I was looking around the church to see if anybody else was experiencing this. And I was looking at my kids. They were on their phones waiting for mass to start. And it was unbelievable. But in that moment, I realized how much we are loved. I mentioned in the beginning, I asked you those three questions about feeling different or incomplete or unworthy. I think so many of us travel our lives feeling that way. But once you know and recognize how unconditionally loved you are, there's never a doubt again. So when that happened to you in the church at that moment, did you share with your family what had just happened? I actually didn't because I didn't know how to process and understand it. But the message that came to me was, it's your turn to step forward and serve. So actually, when I started working with my healer shortly thereafter, you know, in addition to helping me heal from my hysterectomy and exploring my fear of the dark, we also started to talk about what is my purpose? I think that is a question um, all of us, whether we recognize it or not, kind of keep gravitating towards, you know, through life or choices or whatever. I know that for the folks that I connect with, that's an ongoing question. Like, what's my purpose? Am I, am I on, I use the, these are really kind of black or white words on track or not on track, but at least heading in the right direction. So what, talk about how you connect, you stay connected to your spirit, your guides. What is your process? I'm curious what your day's like, you know, and what led you to, um, communicate what you're communicating in the book and how you got there so i believe our guides our spirits our angels our god of our higher understanding whatever you might call that is always there is always with us and part of that is reconnecting with ourselves so i know that one of the questions that you often ask the people you interview is what are the things that you don't compromise on a daily basis and for me it's self-love and self-care I believe so many of us have abandoned ourselves emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And I believe that when we take the time to connect with ourselves, we connect to that higher understanding. That's the true essence of who we are. And it connects us to the creator and our angels and our guides. And, um, you know, when I was going through the hysterectomy, um, it was interesting. I was vulnerable and I was open, you know. I'm a CPA, as I mentioned. I didn't mention to you that my parents are accountants. 
My sister is an accountant. I met my husband at work, so he's a CPA also. <laughs> so we all tend to be very in our heads. But when I went through that surgery, I was so open and so vulnerable. I opened up my heart and allowed those angels and those guides to enter. And they gave me several messages, which I thought were very powerful. So Can you share I, them with us? I would love to. So as I would lay there recuperating from my hysterectomy, and it literally felt like somebody was shocking me every time I moved. It was like an electric shock that went through my body and my abdomen. I had a guy that came to me and she had an Irish accent and I describe her in the book. And she basically said, you never abandoned, you're always loved. If you knew who stood beside you, you would never be afraid. And that's so true. Would you live your life different, Sarah, if you knew who stood beside you, if you knew you were unconditionally loved and accepted and that you were worthy exactly the way you were born, that you had nothing to prove or nothing to control? Yeah, well, absolutely. And what's funny about that is, and I never shared this until maybe even 10 or 15 years later, there was a weird experience I had, stand, uh, random, right? Like you're sitting in church, it's a normal church service for you, it's random. And except that it's Good Friday, but still church. So I'm standing on a corner waiting for a friend to get money out of an ATM. This is in my early 30s. And I'm just waiting because, you know, what do you do? You give people space, they get their money. But I'm standing there and all of a sudden my attention is drawn across the street and out, just out into the horizon. There was a big tree there. So I thought maybe something, a bird or something moved there. But I looked and all I heard was, we are always with you. You are never alone. It will be fine. I'm thinking, okay, I don't know what that means. But there was in that moment, I didn't question it. I just felt it. And it wasn't words as much as in my head. And I'm thinking, okay, that was cool. I'm not sharing that. That was just too weird. <laughs> but <laughs> but I circle back to that because I can feel, and I bet you still can, that feeling that you had in church. I still feel that feeling. And it's been, what, two and a half, three decades since then. So it's powerful. So would I live my life different? Yes. And when I've been afraid, I go back to that and go, okay, what are you afraid of? Because there's some, whether you recognize it or not, there's someone here helping you, you know, mm -hmm. and I've done a number of things since then to get more clear on that. But I think that's really powerful about your story and, um, and how it has um, transformed you. And I know that the person being transformed is not the only person being transformed, which is why I kind of asked about your family feeling stuck and ending with the same result? Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one -on -one or organizational coaching? Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show. But go back to your story and your timeline and the hysterectomy and because I don't want to leave out something that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that was that was one of the messages. One of the other messages, as I mentioned, I felt different most of my life. I moved to the United States actually when I was very young. I didn't look like other people in my neighborhood, and it's not about race or discrimination in any way. I just didn't look like other people in my neighborhood. I was also born with eleven fingers, and I also had this terror of the night where I could feel these energies. So, for most of my life, I created the label that I was different. I played the story over and over again. And funny, it manifested into my life. And during this journey, my mother-in-law passed away. And it's weird. I believe that um, the universe always answers us. 
It's just never in the way that we expect. So I always thought it'd be really cool to have a near-death experience. I don't want to die, but it'd be cool to have a near-death experience. So there I was, grieving my mother-in-law, who had just recently passed away, and I don't know what happened. I can't even explain it, but I was communicating with her. And this giant movie screen literally was before me, and it happened in seconds. Every interaction that I had with my family, my husband's family, just went by so quickly. And you hear people in a near-death experience tell you about how their life just went by in a flash, right? So in those scenes, they were rather mundane, but she showed me in an instant that I had created the separation from my husband's family because I felt different. It was just a projection of what I felt. And that's what I brought into my awareness. So it, it's interesting. So we have this human energy field, some call it aura. But those stories, those labels, those emotions that we truly don't process get stuck, get stuck in our human energy field, and it distorts our view of the world. And that's what I had done. Because I felt different, I had caused this distortion, and it made me see everything that way. It made me feel and see and experience everything as being different than what I was. Does it also do the reverse um, Judy, where like, so I'm thinking specifically the example you gave with your mother-in-law, does it have other people experience you different because you're making the projection? I think so. I think when we truly heal and when we let go of those label stories and judgments, our experiences with people are very different. So... I'm curious now that obviously you've written a book. This is not under the table anymore. And um, how are all of your analytical CPA brain side, that side of the brain folks, what did they think about this as they watched you evolve and change? You know, it's it's so interesting that you asked that question. So when my book got published, of course, I had worked in, you know, corporate finance for so many years. I had a lot of people who went and picked up the book. And, you know, I managed a team of over 50 people. And when they picked up the book, they thought it was on management, accounting, and finance. So when they picked it up and read this book, they were very surprised. <laughs> okay, so I, that's true. If I thought I was reading a book on management and accounting and finance, and the name of it was perfect, it would draw me in because I'm thinking, perfect. I want to know it from Judy, right? But what a shocker. It was a shocker, but, you know, I did get lots of emails and messages from people saying um, that they were so glad that uh, they read it. Because well, so tell me some of the takeaways that, you know, like when people send you messages, what were some of the things people not necessarily were shocked to learn about you, but learn about themselves through your story? Has I anybody think, shared that deeply with you yet? I think it's, I think what's changed in some of the people that have read it is that once you change your perspective, everything changes, life changes, you can no longer look at life the same way. And it's the same with our stories. When we become aware that we're creating these stories, then we can start to let them go. And I think it created that awareness in a lot of the people who read the book. One of the things you said earlier as you were sharing was you said, you know, when we take the time to reconnect with ourselves and I'm, you know, and you hear that a lot. People say, check in, connect with your heart. You went from being mostly in your head to your heart. Um, and the question that I get asked or have people ask is, yeah, I get the concept. I don't know how. How do I do that? I'm, it's like, it's, 
Am I connecting with my heart by touching my heart? What is it? So if you, if I was coming to you and saying, Judy, just get me started on this journey, mm-hmm. where would you start me? And how, how could I do that? That's a fantastic question. So perfect is actually broken up into three parts. So 80% of perfect is written like a novel. I had heard that people only read 19 pages of a book. So I wanted to write perfect in a way that people want to see how it ends. So 80 to 90% of it is written like a novel. Then there are a handful of pages called reflections. And basically, people could experience the journey with me, but what are the specific lessons that they could apply in their own lives? And then there are a handful of very simple exercises to help people embody it, right? So how do you embody these lessons and how do you live what you just learned? So I can share with you three very simple ones. Everything in life, and and many of people have probably heard this because there's greater awareness around it. Everything in life is energy. The table is energy. Everything around us is energy. Our thoughts are energy. We've been able to actually measure um, our thoughts. So when I felt stuck and stagnated in my life, Sarah, guess what? I wasn't moving. My energy literally was stuck. So it's so important for us to move our energy. So that's one simple thing. And again, I made these exercises so simple because I know and I've been there how busy people actually are. The second one was create because we are the creator. We are made from the creative life force of the universe itself. So we need to express that creativity. And if we don't, it literally gets stuck and can often manifest as sickness or disease in our bodies. So we need to create. So you know that I am a trained CPA and I did that for most of my life. There's a saying that creative CPAs go to jail, but it's important for them to be creative. So, you know, um, I play classical guitar, but it could be singing, it could be dancing, it could be anything that brings you joy. But what I realized that it doesn't even have to be those things. It doesn't have to be an original work of art or anything like that. I found that in the presentations that I had to put together for work, I could be creative in how I expressed myself. I could be creative in how I dress or decorate my office or home or how I prepared my food for my family. So it's so important for us to be creative. And then just one last one. I've struggled most of my life with not using my voice. And that I got from my mother because of the trauma that she went through. She was told that she could never share that with anyone. Um, So she had trouble using her voice and so did I. And for most of my life, literally I would freeze whenever you would ask me a question. So what my healer recommended is to sing, sing and let your spirit find its voice. You know, they've shown, Dr. Emoto has shown that different music and sounds could actually have an impact on water. So like heavy metal, hopefully you don't have any heavy metal fans, but heavy metal music can distort the way that the water looks. Beautiful music could actually make beautiful formations of water. So it could also, different music could change our mood. We know that, but it could also open up our chakras. So I know this sounds strange, but Every time I had a presentation at work, I would literally walk out to my car, put on the radio and sing. And then I would go back into my office, do my presentation because I found the forward momentum of singing and the energy of that would just keep me going. As and I it's did so unrestrained. You know, when yeah. you sing, you're unrestrained. Eve, you know, <laughs> no matter what you think about how you sing, it's like you're just putting it out there. Yeah. So those are just three very simple things, and I have more in my book. 
Oh, that's so great. What, um, now is your mom still living? She is. So what has, you know, your own healing done for her? Because you talked about that backward plus forward and current life healing. What Mm -hmm. has that impact been for your mom? Right. So you're absolutely right. So, you know, the Native American cultures say that you actually heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. Um, So, as I mentioned, my mom struggled a lot of her life with using her voice. Um, So she gave me permission to share the story with the world. So I think she's gone through a profound experience. And um, some of the fears that my children have had, unexplainable fears also, they've been healed. Um, One of the incredible things that happened uh, during my journey, I said there were several mystical and spiritual things that happened, is during a meditation, one of my... One of the things that I absolutely do every day is to meditate first thing in the morning. And during one of my meditations, my deceased grandmother actually came through. And uh, this is when everything started to be revealed. And she said, please tell your mother how sorry I am that I could not protect her. And please tell her that I love her. So I believe that the healing went further back than my mother. I believe that it allowed my grandmother to be healed as well. Now, was that, I'm going back to a timeline, because evidently today I'm feeling very linear. But um, <laughs> so when you're talking about your grandmother coming through and, and in your meditation, was that before you had worked with your healer to the point that you knew what your mom's trauma was? Or was so, it after that? Or where was that? So all of it happened so quickly. It was finding out about the trauma of my mother and how that related to me. It was me scheduling an appointment with my healer, not knowing the date that I scheduled it. I'll get to this soon. I scheduled a date with my healer. And then the day before I go in with my healer, I got the message from my grandmother to share it with my, uh, with my mother. But I was guided to tell my healer about this entire journey and how everything fit together. And, um, I've got that linear brain being that CPA and accountant. And I said, okay, if she came into this lifetime to heal me, she must be younger than me. And I, I don't know how I came up with this. And I explained it in my book. She must be younger than me with this soul contract to come in and heal me. So before my session with her, I'm sitting there Googling my healer's name and up pops her birthday and Sarah. It was the same exact day. It was that very day that I was scheduled to meet with her. And it was a sign from the universe. I I, I don't believe coincidences are by random acts. I believe coincidences are really just the universe telling us that we are not alone, that we're not abandoned, that we are loved. I agree with you 100%. And I love the fact that you have that, like the accountant brain thing, so that you indulge me in going back. And I just need to anchor myself in time, or I will just make an entirely different story. I want to I want to make an observation, though, about how you tell your story. And you talk about your story being written in a way to keep the reader engaged. I can tell you right now, and I have not yet read your book, that the way that you're sharing this information I'm guaranteeing you that the information in the book is really engaging. So I'm excited to read it. And, you know, when you said that, you know, you had that sense that there was an age difference, you know, that came back to help being younger. Did you just trust that or what? You don't know why you thought that, but you knew that. Do you think it's because you'd had previous like cycles together as souls? 
I do believe that we travel as soul clusters, that many of the people in our current lifetime we probably traveled with before. But I honestly don't know whether or not I had that past experience at that time with the healer. I did not know that. That's so interesting to me. I know random is only random because we don't see the connections, you know. <laughs> and well, and sometimes it's years late, years later, and you look back and go, "Well, wasn't that interesting?" You know, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. Or you know, now it makes sense, but we don't get to obviously all the time know it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, what has having faith in um, your guides being ever present and being constantly loved done for you? I want to flip those questions to you that you asked mm-hmm. me at the top. So how do you feel? Just what has happened to you as a result of that, besides writing the book? So um, there's some spiritual aspects, which I shared with you with the messages, and there were some very practical aspects about learning to let go of our stories, right? And one of the things that I learned is that when we let go of our labels, stories, and judgments, we see everything and everyone through the eyes of the creator. We see everything through the eyes of love, where there is no separation. And I also, you know, I mentioned this before, I know without a doubt that all of us are unconditionally loved beyond what we could believe and imagine, and that we are already born worthy. And, you know, this had so many implications in my corporate life. For most most of my corporate life, I always had to prove myself. Even though I was a CPA, I ran a lot of projects. I felt like I had to control everything. And this journey taught me to let go, to trust, to trust in the higher selves of everybody else, to really, truly, truly lead from my heart. I do everything that I can to make sure that a situation goes well, but then I surrender. I surrender to my guys, surrender to the universe that everything will work out as it's intended to. And sometimes our lens can be that as it's intended to makes it seem like it's as we want it to for our benefit, right? But sometimes as it intend is intended to is for the betterment of somebody else that we're just connected with at that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we can't see the perfection always. Absolutely. That's true. So and, uh, I want to ask you something. I'm curious because, you know, as we're recording this, we're still in 2020 and we are still dealing with the pandemic. And I'm wondering what has this time made possible either for you specifically or for us as people in general on the planet? Mm -hmm. So I do talk about how to release stories in my book, right? Because I think it's important to release stories and labels. So whenever I feel a contracted energy in my body, I say, thank you. And I know that sounds a little strange, but I say thank you because I know that it's a story or a label, something that I need to process. It's an opportunity for me to heal. And I feel that a lot of the things that are happening on the planet is to bring it to our awareness. It's like the contraction I feel. The planet, people are all feeling this contraction. And it's an opportunity for us to all heal, to heal the planet, to heal our relationships. Because if it wasn't happening, it wouldn't be in the forefront of our attention and we may not do anything about it. So it's an opportunity to heal. I agree with you. And it's not necessarily a comfortable opportunity, but one that is in front of us to take advantage of actually. Yeah. So now how old you have children, right? I think yeah. I have two children. How old are your kids now? They are adults. Okay. So 
are they have they experienced any of this alongside of you in their own lives like their own kind of reconnecting to themselves and their higher selves and their guides it's interesting <laughs> it's interesting um because when my son was younger and and you hear this um from young children he used to say that he would feel spirits guides angels come to him and play with him at night um so i do believe all children are all people are really born with that we just tend to tune it out as we get older or push it aside because we feel different so i think they're both awakening to the innate gifts that we're all born with what a great gift for them because you basically by doing your own work open the door saying it's totally okay to do this you know mm -hmm. and here's here's what you get from doing it so judy talk to us about two things one where is the best place to buy the book i understand there's some bonuses you're offering and then where's the best place to stay connected to you and follow you and your work uh, great question so judy with an i j u d i miller m i l l e r .net is actually my website so all my social media handles are there and on my website it takes you to amazon so you could actually buy the book from amazon or any, any other retailer but the reason i recommend that you go to my website is because once you purchase the book you can then go back to my website and get the five free bonuses so it's from actually my top transformational teachers and mentors. It includes um, an ebook from Marcy Shymoff um, on happiness, Deborah Poneman, the founders of Yes to Success on success, Janet Atwood, who wrote the Passion Test, Dr. Sue Mortar on you know getting back into your body. So if you purchase the book, I recommend take advantage of the bonuses. Um, I love free things. So in addition to that, um, if you go to my website, again, judymiller.net, um, I have a free book called a free ebook called Awaken the Creator Within. And that's truly just a gift from me to all of your listeners for free. That's so generous. And what a great bonus package to go with a book about, you know, the whole transformation and perfect. I'd say it's kind of perfect. So I'm that's where I'm going to get my copy then. I generally do my one click on Amazon. I want that book, get it to me. But I'm I will buy it from your website. And do you have your book in Audible? You know, I don't. Um, several people have asked me to put it in Audible. I actually, because I had a three-hour commute, I listened to so many books on Audible. I just wanted to really focus on getting the book out first. Okay, well, I have a request that when it goes on Audible, if you have the time, you should be the person telling the book. Because I like your voice. This is biased on my part. I like your voice. But I also think you so engage with the story that I know you would just suck us right in as listeners. So that's my my request of your next. I just add stuff to your plate, Judy. I, I mean, I have no concept of how busy you are day to day. But when you have a few extra minutes, consider doing your own audible version of it, because I'm sure it would be great. Well, thank you for that vote of confidence. I appreciate it. All right. Well, with that, I just want to thank you again for all your time today. And listeners, I'm not joking. Um, I do recommend that you go to Judy's website to purchase the book, get the bonuses. This works. You know, some folks I know think it sounds woo woo, but it's not. It is life changing work. You can tell from Judy's story and anything we can do to help ourselves and help others on the planet get back to who we are, feel connected to the greater connection all of us have is so important right now more than ever as we are experiencing these kind of like feelings of division or being stuck and feeling powerless. We're not powerless. So um, 
get Judy's book and then write us back on Judy's website or mine and just say, hey, thanks for the recommendation and letting us meet Judy because this is what happened as a result. So with that, Judy, thanks again. Oh, it was so great to be here. Thank you, Sarah. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash No Labels, No Limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.